Welcome to the DPM podcast, where we go beyond theory to give expert PM advice for leading better digital projects. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Ben Aston, founder of the Digital Project Manager. Now, having run a new business team in an agency, I know as well as anyone how tough it can be. It's hard to position the agency right, it's hard to pitch well, and it's really hard to win new clients. And that's before you've even tried to deliver anything. So love it or hate it, the new business or sales process for any agency really is its lifeblood. It's a pretty good barometer for how well an agency is doing. So we've got to get it right. And it's important then as project managers that we find a way to work with new business and sales teams to help them win more work, to help win new projects for us so that we can then deliver them successfully. But the thing is, for many project managers, even the talk of new business can give them the shivers. Uh, projects can often be underestimated. They could be too loosely scoped. And then they just tossed over the fence for the project manager to deliver. And so uh, today, I really just want to talk about a better way of doing this. There's got to be a better way for new business and for us project managers to work with sales more effectively. And that is what today's podcast is all about. So keep listening to find out how you can start working better with your new business and sales teams to help them win more and get projects that you can deliver successfully. This podcast is brought to you by Clarison, the leader in enterprise project and portfolio management software. Visit Clarison.com to learn more. So today I'm joined by a man who can help us bridge this great divide between new business and project management and delivery, Peter Leverton. Peter is an agency growth consultant. He's run business development at Saatchi and Saatchi. He's owned his own shop uh, and his clients included Nike, Montana Lottery and LegalZoom. And he's bought and sold three ad agencies as well. So hello, Peter. Good morning or good afternoon, uh, good evening. Who knows? Sometimes people listen to these things at midnight, 3 a.m. So wherever you are, hello. Peter, thanks so much for joining us today. I wonder if we can start by um, just if you can tell us a bit about yourself. Just I kind of gave you a top line overview of your resume. But what is your story? How did you get to doing what you are doing now? Uh, it's a path. Uh, I started life as a professional photographer in San Francisco. I had a studio out there and did work for companies like Mondavi, which obviously was a lot of fun because you could you could drink the product when you were done. Always nice to work on the wine. Uh, I woke up one day and I said, I do not want to do art for other people. I moved back to New York where I grew up. I joined an agency called Dancer Fitzgerald Sample, which some people have heard of. Most haven't. It happened to be the largest agency in New York. Uh, massive clients like P&G and Toyota and Saatchi and Saatchi yeah. bought us. So those were the, I got to tell you, the good old days. Uh, we made a lot of money and we had fun. And it was even mentioned on Mad Men. So that's nice stuff. Uh, I went to Saatchi and I, I worked there in New York. Uh, on on various accounts, I moved to London to run business development and to run J and J across Europe. That was fantastic. Couple of years in living in Notting Hill, I then moved back to New York for the last year of the original Saatchi and Saatchi when Morris and Charles ran the agency. Uh, it was a strange year, but I ran business development there. Um, I left. After I had figured out about halfway through my last year in advertising that there was this digital world, and that was CD-ROMs and the birth of the Internet, and I went to a, a very large media company called Advanced Publications, which owned Condé Nast, etc., Random House, and started to put their newspapers online. I did that for a few years, and then I started a company called Active Buddy, which was really one of the first companies that allowed people to talk, have an interaction with a computer, people person to computer, a really yeah. early stage Siri. Uh, that died in 2002 when the internet fell off the cliff, the, the first cliff fall. 
And for some reason, I said, all right, let's let's all move to Oregon. And I bought an advertising agency. Sold that about six years ago. And now I do three different things, one of which is consult with advertising agencies around the world using my business development skills. Good stuff. And what, what are the other? Ah, uh, the other. I have a, 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 I'm back into my photography. I have a multi-year, I'm thinking five, six, seven year global program I'm doing. You can see it at peterlevitanphotography.com. I photograph people around the world. Uh, and then I am a, a, a small angel investor, just keeps my brain uh, cranking. Nice. So uh, in terms of the kind of challenges that you face then as a kind of, an agency consultant, what are the, you, you must see, um, well, I mean, I'm intrigued. Do you see the same things coming again and again, year after year, or do you see things shifting and, and moving as, you know, time goes by and people ha- you know, find different kind of issues that they're all kind of tackling? Well, the background for agencies, and I mean all types, whether it's PR or advertising, design, digital, is that uh, there are there are multiple factors that have affected their uh, the ability of agencies to grow. I'll just name two. Uh, one was the birth of digital, which of course increased um, the workload because there are so many options and platforms to think about versus the days when it was TV, radio, and print. I mean, just imagine it's like crazy. Uh, and then the other, the recession from the late two thousand really affected clients um, and their decision-making in respect to, uh, frankly, how much money they, they want to pay agencies to do the work. So you've got these, and you know anybody in the agency business knows this, in particular project management, uh, you've got competing um, worlds. One is uh, clients want to spend less, and at the same time, they want to do more. So it's, it's, it, it, you know, it creates a uh, kind of a, uh, we'll call it interesting world for agencies. Yeah, now at the, I mean, it, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, carry on. Well, at the same time, um, I think every advertising agency, and I'm going to use advertising agency as sort of the global um, defining words because uh, yeah. there are lots of different kinds of agencies now. Uh, they all understand that they should be doing sales 24-7 but they all don't do it. And there are many, many reasons why not, uh, not the least of which is that it's hard work. And uh, a lot of agencies just really do not understand B2B marketing. So that's the world I live in. Okay. So from a project manager's perspective, then, as they're trying to help new business win more work, uh, but also trying to help themselves not get shafted in the process by winning work that they can't deliver. What do you think are the, are the biggest challenges for new business that project managers need to understand? Well, I think the agency itself has to have a very clear process and a very clear understanding of the kinds of business that it wants and the kind of business that it might win. One of the issues I talk about, and I talk about it both at the beginning of the new business process and at the, by the time an agency gets into the pitch is really understanding, um, who you should be talking to, why you think that client should be hiring you. And how are you going to run a process to manage the business development uh, uh, system? So I, I cannot imagine a smart agency not involving product management in developing a system from scratch and having that system be in, uh, set in place before the agency does any business development or deals with any incoming. 
I think that they have to have a major seat at the table and the agency has to have a program and a system that is repeatable, that makes sense. It's a template. Uh, and it's, and it's run in many cases through the PM person. So what that does is one, it makes the agency smarter and much more efficient and it makes, uh, hopefully reduces the anxiety at the product management level. Yeah. So I think for, for many project managers, um, yeah, it's, it can be hard for them to get a seat at the table, right? Where the new business process is often quite disconnected. Sometimes it's even outsourced. Um, so you have, a, you know, a team of people who are responsible for winning the work and all they care about is, um, you know, their KPIs are often, okay, how many new clients did you win? What's the, what's the value of the accounts that you've uh, won this year? But profitability, um, is rarely, um, an important or one of their kind of KPIs that they're marked on. So in that kind of scenario where, you know, for someone who might be listening, they're a PM in an agency with uh, with a new business team that they're quite disconnected to. How how do you think that they can um, get themselves a seat at the table uh, to do what you're talking about? Because I think it's I think it's totally valid. And hey, project management needs to be at the table with new business in order to um, help steer the ship. But any any kind of pointers on how a PM can earn that seat at the table? What can they do to help new business see the value in what they would be doing? I think that the, uh, you know, in many cases, the issue is coming down to, and I'm not suggesting an agency have a P&L for each pitch, but they need to have some sort of financial tracking system uh, to manage the pitch. And I think that's where the PM comes in. And, and you know, probably as silly as this might sound is, you know, go to the pub or whatever uh, with the business development team and have this conversation. I'd like to think, and this is how it should work, that senior management at the agency, if it's a small agency, the owner, if it's a larger agency, the management team has to be involved in this. I mean, at the end of the day, they're looking at the profitability of the agency and running too many pitches for the wrong clients and not running them efficiently uh, is an incredibly high cost to an agency. And yeah. uh, I think uh, product management has to play a role in that. I, I, I refuse to believe that um, a, a, an agency management or the business, develop, sorry, business development team cannot understand the importance of managing the entire process correctly and having a process set before you ever get the incoming. They won't win pitches if it's run, uh, you know, in a zoo-like atmosphere. And frankly, most agencies run. It's like wild animals when it's a pitch. Yeah. Well, it's because we all get excited, right? <laughs> well, it's uh, I, I use dating. Uh, one of my major metaphors, if not my best me uh, metaphor for uh, business development is dating. Uh, you know, we all get excited. You meet somebody and you go, wow, this is it. And, you know, but you have to, if, if it's somebody that you're actually interested in, you have to have a little bit of, um, of a system to woo them. And this is all about wooing, right? Uh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, you don't go on your first date to the most expensive restaurant. Uh, you know, you got to figure this stuff out. The woo system. I like it. <laughs> so um so i mean we've talked about yeah one challenge is that, that the the pitch process itself um having a process and system around that so that 
Um, you don't have too many. You're not trying to pitch for too many things. You're not in- investing all the agency's resources in uh, pitching and you know going after everything. Um, but there's this other challenge, which is when a you know new business does win the work. We you know you win the brand, you win the client, and everyone is excited about it. Uh, but then it gets passed on to the project management team who are responsible for actually delivering it. And at that point, um, you know, new businesses have made these kind of bold and wild claims about what they can deliver and how much it will cost. And then the reality sets in for the project manager who has to deliver. And they're like, well, why was this ever agreed? Uh, there's no way we can do this for 100K. This is a 500K project uh, or engagement. Um how do we get to this place? Have you got any advice for a project manager in that situation? They've they've just received um, a pro- the you know the, the scope of a project and a budget that's nowhere near meets the scope that's been sold in. From a from a project manager's perspective, what should they what should they be doing? Well, let me turn it around for just a quick second. Um, is this a fairly standard issue in product management? Is this what you hear from from your world? <laughs> Yeah, I would say this happens all the time. The, the new business team oversells um, and uh, because they want to win the work. So they'll say, hey, of course we can do that. Um, and we're going to sell it at this special price, discounted price, uh, because they want to win the work. Um, right. So, yeah, costs, costs uh, or the amount the client is charging is being um, – is being pushed down and, and their clients are expecting more and more. It kind of aligns with that trend that you were talking about. You know, clients are expecting more for less. But what I find now is that clients are, you know, they're, they're shopping around as well. They're putting out the same brief um, and they're saying, you know, best and final offer. What, How cheap will you do this for me? So new business teams are, are often just undercutting just to win the work. Okay. Well, let me, let me go sort of Gary Vaynerchuk here for a second. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume a lot of your listeners know who Gary is and I'll, I'll use his words. Um, it, you know, it's absolutely bullshit that this should happen. So I'm just going to, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to say it happens. Uh, it shouldn't. Uh, it's absurd. It's why agencies make less money than they should. Okay, I can't. I, yeah. I'm not going to address that. So the reality is, they they get a new client. Oh, is everybody's excited? Isn't this great? Um, and I just want to diverge for a second and just say that um, uh, uh, there were uh, just a couple of things I wanted from clients. One that they paid a lot of money in the, in that case uh, that this wouldn't be an issue, or two they're famous, or three mm-hmm. they love marketing and love what the agency is going to do for them, and finally that they're nice people. I had yeah. very few clients that had all four. If I got two, I was lucky. Uh, fame and nice was okay if it was an Adidas, right? Okay, we're working yeah. on Adidas. Everybody's happy. Um, so hopefully, at least at the beginning, everybody agrees that's why this is a, an account we want to work on. All right. Uh, yeah. I, there's no secret formula here. I think it's per interpersonal relationships in the agency. Uh, you know, when you have a creative director over delivering, overworking the job, uh, coming up with too many ideas, uh, saying, no, we're not ready. We need another week. We need another two weeks. We have to put another hundred yeah. hours into this. Um, that's a failure at the top of the agency. What can a product management <laughs> manager do? I'm not, I'm going to be frank here. I don't know. You know, uh, they could go on strike and say, sorry, we can't do this. Um, they can write some memos. They can send emails. Uh, they can use Slack or whatever the, whatever the agency uses to communicate. 
Um, but the bottom line is I think they have to demonstrate to somebody that cares, and uh, I'm assuming on every account there is a leader, including new accounts, uh, and say, look, uh, you, you tell me, because it's not my, you know, now I'm talking the, from the PM perspective. It's not my job to make sure that this is a profitable piece of business. I'm assuming that you guys have figured out uh, why um, – uh, you know, why we're doing this. Uh, okay. So, uh, it's not my job to, to be responsible for it being profitable because you oversold it, but it's my job to bring it in at the lowest cost and the low, you know, as efficient, if, as efficiently as possible. I'm not, I'm just not sure that this is a solution solved by PMs. On the other hand, I know that there's the anxiety and the issues and so forth. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, let me again, I'll turn this around. What are you hearing in the marketplace that uh, people, how, how do people solve this? Well, yeah, I think, I think it, it comes to where, where we started the discussion. And that is, I think it is important that PMs do have a seat at the table um, with, with business development right from the start. So that we're evaluating the opportunities together that, um that no project or no budget ever gets sent to a client without some kind of project management approval and kind of review of the scope that's attached to that estimate. And I think um, if we can get a seat at the table and we, um, for me, it comes down to this alignment with business development. Um, we, we don't just want to be winning clients like you talked about that are not going to deliver us, um, you know, a, a, uh, you know, a return on that investment that we're making. So that return on the investment might be uh, a sexy client. It might be uh, that, you know, that they're really nice people to work with or, or that we're kind of aligned with what they do. Um, but really, it does have to be, it has to be generating some money um, or there needs to be enough clients that are generating lots of money in order for the whole thing to be sustainable. And I think the the temptation can be for new business just to go for the you know for the quick win and think hey well I'll be I'll be out of here in six months a year anyway when this project goes over budget so they kind of sell the team short and I think if the PMs can be uh, you know at at that table and involved in business development right from the start um, then I think it's a lot a lot less likely to uh, hit the project management team with this budget that's too small and a scope that's too large to be delivered because then it becomes the project manager's problem. Yes. Um, and, you know, management will say, well, just find a way. Well, like, we've only got a hundred K so just find a way to deliver it for a hundred K. And, you know, the reality is it's a half a million dollar project. So how are you, no one's ever going to win with that. Well, I think here, I'm going to, uh, 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 here's a potential solution, just one. Uh, you've got to get ahead of these problems. You know, the, the day when you get the uh, $500,000 account and they, and they're only going to spend a hundred thousand is probably a bit late in the, in the, um, uh, calendar. And I realize that, um, you know, a lot of the folks that you're working with, the product management people, some are, some, some are full time at the agency, but they're stretched in many ways. Uh, some are also freelance brought in at the last minute to, do, you know, to work on the project. Um, uh, here's a suggestion. Uh, when I had my agency, I was dumbfounded by, I, I used to work very closely with our CFO and uh, you know, we talk about profitability and I was having a problem, even though I owned the agency, I was having a problem with my, with my creative team about them doing too much work. 
So yeah. I hired an outside consultant because their voice was listened to. You know, even though I was the yeah, boss, yeah. their voice was yeah. listened to. I wrote this up on my blog. Um, I, if you just search on the word process, you'll come across it. It's quite lengthy. And what I did was I, I, I simply changed a few words. I took what the consultant sent me and I put it up on my blog. Uh, my suggestion is that uh, a product ma- project manager take uh, what I wrote, rewrite it, and, but, and then sort of hand it around a little bit and say, um, okay, this is something I'd like to talk about for the future. Uh, I don't know how you solve today's problem because it's already been sold, but you can certainly work on the future, and I think that's imperative. Yeah. Now, we'll have a look for that and make sure that we link to it in the podcast as well. Yeah, I, pay, um, I paid for it, so you get it for free. <laughs> Perfect. Right. Um, so I want to um, try and understand a bit more about your um, advertising agency business development system. And you talked a lot at the beginning about, you know, it's about creating a system that's sustainable. So um, can you tell us a bit about how the system works or is it uh, kind of bespoke for the agency? Well, what I I have, I mean, I certainly have um, a system that is uh, somewhat templated. On the other hand, every agency I work with is completely different, whether they're small or large or medium. A PR agency is different from a digital agency, which is different from a, a, a full service advertising agency. Uh, so I apply uh, certain things that are, I think, universal. Uh, and again, many agencies don't have this. What are your business development objectives? What, what kinds of clients do you want? How much money should they spend? Um, ha, uh, then how are you going to attract them? What are the strategies? Uh, what are the inbound and outbound strategies? Account-based marketing being outbound, is, uh, that, that's how I lead people. Uh, know who you want and figure out how you're going to talk to them. Um, have very clear timetables for how all this works. Um, very clear roles within the agency. Who is going to do what? When is it due? Right. This is this is project management 101. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Have very clear communications. Uh, have that be part of if you have a weekly meeting, whenever whenever the agency gets together or the core team gets together, who's doing what it's due. I remember that my creative director partner eventually not not that long into when we had a very clear process would come into my office and he'd say, uh, you said you were going to uh, write a white paper about something. Uh, it, you're a week late. Right. This is the creative director. So we got it into our culture and uh, it has to be part of culture, but it also has to be run exactly. And this is really an important point. You have to run business development in the same way that you run a client's job or the relationship with the client. Objectives, strategies, timetables, deliverables, who's in charge. Yeah. And so in terms of um, codifying that um, system, um, cause there's a lot, I, I think, you know, from a project management perspective, it's, it's often hard to get people on the same page. So, you know, a Gantt chart might work for one person or, you know, a big, a big document might work for another, another person, but that kind of change management part of, you know, it's one thing to create a process and a system is another thing entirely for people to follow it, you know, including yourself as you kind of gave the example. So how do you codify it? And then that kind of change management of introducing a process for new business. Um, how did you kind of, or, or what, what are the things that you find useful in, in rolling that system out? 
Well, I'll start with uh, keep it simple, stupid. Uh, you know, you, it's not like you have to deal with the lowest common denominator in your organization, but if it's too complex and they won't read it or, or, or work through it, then, you know, you, it's, it's a waste of time. Um, uh, it, you have to have a system. You have to have a, I mean, really, this is the bottom line. You have to have a business development plan. It's called a sales plan. Every smart organization has this. I mean, let's just look at a client, Adobe, uh, which everybody in the agency deals with, has a business development program to grow Adobe. They're, they're not, it's not, you know, just kind of waking up in the morning and go, gee, we need some new new business. How are we going to go get it? Um, if the agency doesn't have it, it needs to figure out a way to do it. You know, many of my clients come to me from junior levels first because they say, I'm losing my mind here. Can you help us? Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And quite often when that happens, when it's a more junior person, I I help them a bit. I I send them to look at things that I've written. I have 600 blog posts, you know, read some of these. Uh, It, you know, it's all right. It's free information. Um, When it's, so when it's a junior, they have a tough, tough time selling it. And by the time it gets to the, uh, the, owner of the agency, they're pretty, they know they got to do something. So, you know, is there a secret here? The secret is you need a plan. And if you need a plan to get your agency to develop a plan, then you got to start with the plan to get people to <laughs> to do something they should be doing yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think this comes back to one thing that you mentioned earlier as well, though, which is um, I don't, I think often uh, the true cost of business development isn't something that's actually um, calculated often. So people can be, you know, people know that new business is really important. And so it often trumps all else. And no one actually ever kind of does that due diligence of say, okay, well, let's work out how much money we spent on that last pitch. Um, how much resource did we actually invest in trying to win that? And, you know, hey, we work out that we spent $40,000 on a pitch for a project that was only worth a hundred. Um, that, kind of, that kind of thing. So I think often trying to find the data points um, and also, you know, it might be that we spent 40K on it and it meant we delayed two other projects, which meant we lost one of the clients and, you know, there's a whole, there's a whole knock-on effect, right? So beginning to kind of put some... Um, if you're trying to make the case for introducing more process into business development and uh, trying to find some data points to work with to illustrate why it's important to create more of a system, I think can be really valuable. Well, I, I'm going to say right on. I, you, you have to do the math. Uh, in, in my book that I wrote on pitching, there is, there is a section called the more painful math. And it really looks at, and I'm, I estimated this based on talking to many agencies. Uh, just to give you an example, uh, an, an, a average RFP could cost $15,000 just to process it. Yeah. Okay. Just, just the RFP. So, at the beginning, you have to say, is this, is, is all of this worth it? And I think a postmortem is absolutely critical. And, and maybe going back to your question a few minutes ago, uh, product management, if they can find the time, and I know this is hard, uh, and working with the financial person at the agency, what did that last pitch actually cost in both hard costs and in, in, uh, staff costs? Uh, and of course, as you said, there's the follow on cost of, well, we're not paying attention to the clients that we already have. So uh, the best way to get, uh, you know, the agency's attention is to say we're losing money on pitching. So you've also written um, a book and it's called The Leviton Pitch. And it has a wonderful claim, a bold claim, buy this book, win more pitches. 
you don't even need to read the book. You just need to buy it. <laughs> just put it, under, put it under your pillow. Yeah. And can you give us a sneak peek into what the Leverton pitch looks like? Well, it's it's 250 pages, so there's a lot here. I, I, it's uh, Again, uh, I discuss at the beginning of the book um, how ugly the whole pitch process can be if you don't mm. manage it correctly. I talk about really ma- having a, a way to determine, should I bother pitching this business? Yeah. Uh, and then understanding really what is it that motivates a potential client. You know, you really have to put yourself in their shoes. And, and you've got, I'm going to keep it simple, two separate the Two types of clients, really smart ones and ones that uh, I'm not sure the best word, let's just say dumb or inexperienced. And they're just throwing uh, accounts out into the world and they don't even know what their objectives are. And I I hear that from pitch consultants. So I know it's I know it's the reality. Um, And and then, uh, you know, there's a system. I mean, you have to understand how the agency is going to do this. And it has to be a repeatable way to approach. Uh, and then really the last, uh, almost the most valuable section in the book are a bunch of interviews I did with experts and a bunch of different kinds of experts, because you can take my word for it. And I've been in the agency business, but I realized that it's very important to go talk to the people who are really on the front lines. And that means the consultant, the pitch consultant who's, who's has now met with six agencies and they see the spectrum from brilliance to idiocy. So uh, these are just great interviews. And, uh, you know, it's ultimately don't take my word for it. Let's listen to some experts. So, you know, that that's a two minute uh, perspective on a 250 page book. Yeah. And uh, to, to finish, I want to kind of round out with, um, just talking, talking about failure. And I mean, we've touched on this, but I mean, you've talked about, um, creating this kind of business development system. Uh, you, you've obviously created a bit of a formula for pitching as well, but I'm sure you've worked with some clients, um, who've listened to what you've said and who've been able to, um, turn things around and change their process. But what are the things to watch out for where where this has failed, where you've dispensed um, some advice? Um, where have people misheard you and kind of got it wrong and then continued to flounder? What are the watch outs or the kind of roadblocks that um, that people can look out for? Well, the number one issue for most advertising agencies, PR agencies, etc., is that they try to be everything to everybody. And this is well documented. I'm not the only person that says this. You know, they don't have a clear positioning. They don't say, for example, I'm an agency targeting a specific demographic or I'm an agency in, uh, that the, the leading expert in, in uh, mobile advertising. Yeah. So uh, the, I, I'll work with clients and they'll say, yes, we're going to be the number one pet products company in the world and six months later i talk to them and they go well you know we won we you know we won a banjo account so you know uh, know, it's like a shiny penny uh bullshit machine you know and um so i would say that's the biggest issue and the second one is that they just don't follow their calendar Mm. And as yeah. I, I said, I, I trained as I really didn't do this, but I trained my creative director into coming into my office and saying, we didn't send out the blog post. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's important to stay focused. And if you, if you have a process, commit to that process or the whole thing is going to fall apart. So that accountability thing and staying accountable to one another, 
um, yes. I think is is really valuable. And in the in the big meeting, you know, whenever uh, the product manager runs a meeting and points to people and say, "Did you do this?" Uh, one of the things they have to say is, "Did you do the jobs and business development you said you were going to do?" Yeah, and and we've got to make you know <laughs> make time for people to be able to do this because it's I mean it's one thing to create a process and assign people all these responsibilities, but they need to be realistic as well. And I think. One of the things that can happen is when we create a new process or a new system, we're like, okay, well, this should work, right? And yeah, logically it does work, but often it might be the case that there just aren't enough people to do all those things or there aren't enough hours in the day. So being able to, you know, the, the, the process is, there's got to be some agility to it as well. And it's saying, okay, well, let's review the process. Is this working or is it not? If it's not working, why is it not working? Um, and then kind of and iterate on it until you get to a point where um, you're winning clients and you've got the right resources to be able to deliver on that process that you've created. Absolutely. I think you have to understand the internal workings of the agency and uh, only doing what you will do or only saying that you will do what you will do. I think, and that's, that's a major failure point is not being efficient and not being smart enough to, to try to do less. As I said earlier, keep it simple, stupid. Good stuff. Cool. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. It's been great having you with us. My pleasure. And if you want to check out more on Peter, um, if you need know that if you know that you need some help with your agency growth, go to peterlevitan.com. Uh, you can read a whole slew. As Peter said, he's got stacks and stacks of really interesting uh, posts that you can check out there that you'll find helpful. Uh, or if you're looking for a consultant, uh, check out peterlevitan.com. Um, and Peter, I'm sure, will be delighted to help you. Uh, but I'm curious as to know what everyone else thinks about this challenge between uh, managing the new business process and the role that project management plays within that. Uh, so tell us what you think. Comment on the post and head to the resources section of the digitalprojectmanager.com to join our Slack team where you'll find all kinds of interesting conversations going on about all things digital PM and new business. Uh, and if you like what you heard today, please subscribe and take a couple of minutes to leave an honest review on iTunes. We find those ratings and reviews really helpful and it helps us tailor the show. So it's greatly appreciated. But until next time, thanks for listening.